Good morning, church. Uh, it's super encouraging to see a lot of welcoming and uh, greeting going on today. It's good to be here with you all. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Daniel, and I oversee our college ministry and also our Sunday operations. And yeah, it's been a, a little bit since I've preached. Uh, I got married back in June, um, and it's been a joy and a blur these past uh, three and a half months. Uh, but I know we had a lot of announcements. I want to give a quick shout out to our college group. Um, a lot of them are sitting over there, so you'll see the younger folks there. Um, we're finally going to kick off the year this upcoming Friday as a UC schedule um, begins again. So don't be surprised if uh, the next several weeks we get a, a little bit more of traffic in that area, more young folks visiting our services. Um, and if you know any collegians in the area, they're looking for a ministry to join on Fridays, Please let them know about our launch happening. Um, we'd really love to have them join um, our community. And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, like Pastor Tom just mentioned, we just finished a four-week series on community last week, and more specifically, the community we desire our church, Grace Hill, to be. Um, so if anyone wants to know uh, the philosophy of community at our church, that series is a great resource, and all of it's uploaded on our brand new YouTube channel, by the way, so you can reference that. Uh, but as we went through the series, uh, I felt kind of burdened, uh, if I'm being honest, because at this specific time in our church's life, um, I look around and we've, we've been having just a steady stream of visitors and newcomers uh, visiting our church. I look around right now and I still see some new faces. Welcome. Uh, and as I listened to the series and hearing about belonging and depth and building community, I wondered, man, how would it land for these newer folks, right? People that come here uh, for the first time. And I started to think about our culture of welcoming at our church. So in a way, you can kind of consider this sermon uh, to be a sort of addendum to that series we just finished. Um, our passage today, it comes from Romans chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles or your programs, uh, we use the CSB, the Christian Standard Bible. Um, we're going to be reading from Romans chapter 15, verses 7 through 13. And many commentators, they consider this passage just to be the summary of the entire letter, which is saying a lot because there's a lot of stuff in Romans. Um, but if you'll turn with me, uh, we'll be reading from Romans chapter 15. And at our church, we believe that the word of God is living and active, that God speaks to us through. So if you're able, would you please rise as I read for us our passage today. So this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome, starting in verse 7. Therefore, welcome one another, just as Christ also welcomed you to the glory of God. For I say that Christ became a servant of the circumcised on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises to the fathers so that Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and I will sing praise to your name. Again, it says, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles. Let all the peoples praise him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will appear, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. Gentiles will hope in him. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you uh, that we can come today to go into your word. Um, God, would you speak uh, through me to our church? Holy Spirit, would you convict, challenge, encourage, uh, bring to light the things that need to be brought to light? Uh, so we pray that this time will be honoring to you. and your son, Jesus, send me pray. Amen. You may all be seated. So like I mentioned, there's been a lot of newcomers at our church this season, um, but for the past uh, like year or so, the most important newcomer, just personally for me, uh, has been my wife 
Esther. Um, she's visited our church every once in a while, and every time she came, right, like right after service, uh, I would have to ask her, like, hey, how was service, right? How, how, how was it for you, right? Did you feel kind of like welcome? Like, did you get to meet anyone? Did anyone talk to you? And I felt kind of this burden. I felt like my fiance's keeper. She was my fiance at the time. My fiance's keeper. And I was hopeful that our church would make her feel welcomed, right, and care for her. Um, But in the back of my mind, I was also burdened because the church that she had been a member of um, previously, she was there for 12 years, so lots of deep roots and relationships that she was leaving. So I tried my best to just introduce Esther, connect her with different members of our church. Uh, But a lot of the times, it honestly felt out of my control. Like, as much as I could do, it would be up to the church to really welcome her. So I wonder, man, like every time she visited, would Esther feel welcomed? Uh, And on a side note, I did ask her, and she does feel welcome. So good job, church. Thank you for that. Uh, But I know there's a lot of you in the same boat as me. I've talked to folks that have also brought their fiancés or friends or just anyone else uh, new to our church, to Grace Hill. And whenever I talk to them, uh, the common theme of these conversations is, man, I really hope my friend, my, my girlfriend or boyfriend, my significant other, like, I hope they feel welcome, right? I hope they feel like they belong here. It seems that for us, if you bring someone new to the church, the burden of welcoming kind of falls on you, right? You, you have that burden. It's your duty to welcome this person. Or maybe... You are the newcomer. You are the visitor here today. Again, if you are, welcome. Uh, We're so glad you're here. Whether you've moved somewhere to the OC, whether you're just visiting on vacation, uh, whether you're coming from another church for whatever reason, or maybe you're just exploring Christianity, the decision to really like take that step in, right, to check out a new church, it could have been a hard one to make. I, I acknowledge that. And it's precisely because of this reason that our church should care about our welcoming culture, right? By welcoming newcomers, we acknowledge their presence. We tell them we're see, we see you, right? Any feelings, any difficulty it might have taken to make it here. So again, I started to wonder, how are we doing as a church in welcoming well, as we read in our passage today, Paul has a very simple message for us as he gives his final instruction to the church in Rome. Right? It's not to set up a specific ministry. It's not to plant another church or anything grand or crazy. But simply, Paul tells us today, welcome one another. So today, we're going to look at welcoming. We're going to look at just two things. First, we're going to look at the meaning of welcoming one another. Right? All of us in this room, we might have our own understanding of what it means to welcome, but what the scripture, what is Paul, what does God say welcoming is? And second, the practice of welcoming one another. After we clarify what it means to biblically welcome, how can we do this as a church community? So just two points for us today, the meaning and the practice. So first, the meaning of welcoming one another. Uh, back in February, I moved into my uh, now home ahead of uh, my wedding. It was unexpected because Esther and I, we, we wanted to find a place maybe a little bit closer to our wedding date, right? Some, maybe like May, a month ahead of our uh, wedding. But man, it was just such a good location and such a good deal for us. Like we couldn't say no. So we rushed and we talked about it and we decided, hey, I would go in and move in first. Um, and yeah, I was, I was pretty excited, right, to have this own, my own space for several months, <clears throat> but also just nervous because we made this decision pretty quickly, and I was like, man, I don't know anything about our neighbors. Like, I don't know if there's going to be people that are, like, weird or if we have loud neighbors. Like, people, are they going to be friendly to us? 
And I think this is a common experience for all of us. Any new setting you go to, right? It could be a new neighborhood, a new job, uh, maybe even a new church, right? There is just this uncertainty and this nervousness about checking out a new setting. Uh, but I quickly found out, hey, my neighbors are actually great, right? Yeah, some of them are, are pretty loud, right? They'll, they'll blast music uh, till late at night. Some of them are ki- kind of str- unique, I'll say, right? Some of them are weird. Uh, but the past seven months, it's just been filled with just a lot of good interactions. Uh, I remember when I was moving in, um, my next door neighbor, Tim, he, he offered like, hey man, like, can I help you with anything? Like, do you need any more help right now? And then he started chatting with me, just like, hey, you know, like we should grab dinner once you and Esther kind of move in together. Hey, um, you know, do you need any recommendations in the area? Like, do you, there's this great farmer's market here. And I was like, whoa, 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 like, I'm Daniel, right? Nice to meet you. Um, I have this other neighbor, Alan. He's like in the pool area every day. So whenever I walk by, like we'll chat a little bit, just see how we're doing. And man, it was really surprising to me how welcoming this neighborhood was. And like the, the previous neighborhood I was living in, I was living with my parents. It was like everyone, if you see someone, you just kind of like, you know, nod and just walk away. And I wonder like, why is everyone here so welcoming? And the only reason that I can think of is simply because of the fact that I live here, right? I live in this neighborhood. I'm a member of this community. And I don't think it's different for the church. I think for the church, we should welcome one another simply because we're members of the same community, right? Romans 15, 7, we just read, therefore welcome one another just as Christ welcomed you to the glory of God. And most of the relationships uh, in our lives, they're there because we want them, right? We choose to engage in these relationships. Might be because we're in similar life stages, we go to the same school, we have the same hobbies, whatever it might be. But in the church, it's not so voluntary, right? We can't really pick and choose who's a part or a member of the church. And it's simply because we're here, we're members of the same community that we should welcome one another, Now, one thing I realize, though, is that welcoming is just one of those words that throughout time have kind of lost their meaning, right? I mean, we we said it a couple times today already, but you hear, welcome to Grace Hill, right? Welcome to our church. And then next day you hear, welcome to Chick-fil-A, right? Welcome to my, like, we hear this everywhere. It's just kind of thrown around. And different people have different understandings of welcoming, We all understand, okay, like being welcoming, you have to be kind of friendly, maybe have some small talk, maybe grab some coffee or a lunch. But for Christians, welcoming goes much deeper than that. Now, in the translation that we use in the CSB, our translation says welcome one another. But when I read other translations that I studied, um, the word is actually something closer to accept, right? It's, It's translated accept one another. Therefore, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. And not to get too nerdy, but the Greek word here uh, is a combination of two words, right? To take, which is lambano, and toward, or to, which is pros, right? So pros lambano, literally take to yourself, right? Therefore, take to yourself, accept one another. And when we understand this not as welcome, simply welcome one another, but accept one another, we, welcoming becomes something much deeper, something different than what a lot of us kind of understand it to be. So, but what does it look like, right? What does it look like for Jesus, for Christ to accept us? You know, every once in a while, um, I don't know how the, these videos kind of came up on my algorithm, but uh, when I'm on Instagram or even YouTube, like sometimes I'll just get like a video. Um, it's like there's 
a lot of videos like this, but it's a video where like a step parent will surprise their, their kid with adoption papers, right? I've seen so many of these videos, but the reaction is always the same, right? No matter how old or young the, the child is, right? The, the step parent will come and be like, hey, I got something for you, right? And then, you know, depending on how old they are, it might take them a little bit longer, but like they'll be reading the adoption papers, right? And they'll kind of like, mouth will slowly open as they realize like what's happening here. And then there's a couple moments of silence. And then the, the kid will kind of like start to like, you know, try to hold back tears. And then the step parent will come in, give them a big hug. And then that's the moment when I have to like look away or else I'm going to like break down, right? It's like, oh my gosh. That's the picture of what it looks like for Christ to welcome us, to accept us. When Paul says to welcome one another, he means, hey, accept one another just as Christ has accepted you. Right? Just as like the stepdad takes and hugs and embraces and accepts his new, now daughter, we're supposed to take ourselves. Right? We're supposed to take each other and accept each other as family. Deep, right? And even further, Paul, he's not talking about just accepting people that we like people that we're just kind of comfortable or familiar with. And for context, Paul is writing this letter to a church that's filled with just like so much tension between Jews and Gentiles, right? They disagreed about what food they could eat, what days to celebrate, like all these, basically, these people really like, they, they hated each other, right? This is the context of who Paul is writing this letter to. Like today, it would be telling someone on the far right, right, to accept someone that's like a, a BLM supporter, right, as a brother or a sister, right? It's like, dude, I can never imagine that happening. It seems impossible. But to the people Paul's writing this letter to, it was even worse than that, right? A lot of us, uh, if you've heard stories or maybe even part of a church split, you, you understand just kind of like how, how much angst there is, how much anger and hate and bitterness there is. Take that experience, multiply it by a thousand, right? That's the, that's the people that Paul is writing this letter to. And he's telling them, hey, this, this kind of hate, this hatred towards each other, that was your relationship with Jesus. And now he's accepted you, right? Jesus is saying, you were once like this, but Jesus accepts you. Jesus' welcome isn't limited just to people he likes or he's cool with or familiar with, right? He doesn't just accept just any random person, but specifically for the people who are never welcome to begin with, right? He accepts the people maybe that we don't want to accept. And notice the theme of verses 9 through 12. It's behind me. I've kind of diagrammed it for us. Um, but it's very clear what Paul emphasizes, Maybe the slide isn't in the back. But if you have your program or if you have your um, Bibles, if you look at verses 9 through 12, you're going to see Paul is like quoting scripture from the Old Testament. He's quoting like, um, hey, Gentiles here, Gentiles praise here. He's like, I, honestly, when I read the scripture for us, I was like, man, like I'm saying Gentiles a lot. It's clear that Paul, he's quoting the, the Torah the writings, the prophets, a.k.a. all of the major sections of the Old Testament to show, hey, God's plan from the beginning was that everyone would be accepted, not just the Jews, not just a certain segment of people, but everyone, right? And it can seem kind of outdated for us to use that language. It's like, oh, like, we are Gentiles, right? It seems kind of weird, but the point is that through Jesus, God, he welcomes us no matter what our background is, ethnicity, any of those things, Jesus accepts us. We were once not welcome because of sin, 
right? But through Christ's death and resurrection, we're now adopted, accepted into God's family, right? The good news of the gospel isn't, okay, now we're forgiven, but it's that we are deeply, truly accepted. Jesus doesn't only erase the guilt that we have when we sin, but he welcomes us into enjoying the benefits of being in his family. Look at verse 13 with me. Where Paul says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? When Jesus accepts you, he doesn't say, hey, you can't mess up anymore. Right? You got to get your act together. He doesn't say you got to keep all these rules and laws. Right? He says, look, now you can have joy. You can have peace. You don't have to be anxious about your status. Right? You have a hope that you can look forward to now. God gives you the Holy Spirit so that it's not just us accepting, but through the Spirit, we can accept one another. You don't ever have to worry about ever feeling excluded from his family. And it's because of this type of acceptance that we should welcome one another. But I know that for some of you here, feeling accepted, honestly, is like the complete opposite of your experience with the church, right? Well, let's, let me just put that out there. Like that is a lot of our experiences, right? You might have felt left out or excluded or ignored. Maybe you felt even judged or like you don't fit in. And it might, you might be thinking, man, like Paul, like this is great, but this is honestly like unrealistic. This is just overly idealistic. But this is what scripture says, right? This is what scripture, the Bible says that the body of Christ should be. And our desire specifically at Grace Hill is not that we be a church where you have to jump through all these hoops so that you can be part of the quote-unquote in crowd, but it's where, hey, no matter where you are, no matter what stage of faith you are, you can come here, you can learn, you can be a part of this community. It might not be perfect, right? It might not be according to your preferences, but this is what we want to work towards. And according to our text, when we welcome each other in this way, we reflect the glory of God. Right? Welcome one another as Christ welcomed you to the glory of God. So literally, when we welcome each other, right, when we greet and, and have conversations and, and just have uh, rubbing our shoulders together, we're glorifying God. And on the flip side, right, when we fail to welcome each other, we're failing to glorify God. Right? When we accept each other, whether you're a newcomer or not, we're showing to anyone that might be watching, hey, we understand the gospel is welcoming in nature. That Jesus, he's a person that is accepting of you. So every greeting, every invitation to lunch, every question or awkward conversation that you have, it's not just a, hey, welcome to Grace Hill, but it's a welcome to Christ. It's a welcome to Jesus. And again, it might be awkward, right? A lot of us, like, if we're not used to this, there might be just like long pauses, some, some nervous laughter, and yeah, that's what comes with welcoming. That's what comes with the territory. We welcome one another because Christ first welcomed us. To welcome is, is, is to extend the acceptance of Jesus to others. And at the same time, again, acknowledge we've all experienced how awkward or difficult or how nerve-wracking it can be to be welcoming, right, in practice. So we'll spend the rest of our time looking at the practice of welcoming one another. So the practice. Um, there was an article that I read this past week um, about Airbnb and how over the past several years, um, yeah, there's just been like a, a trend that Airbnbs have becoming more corporate, 
right? The TLDR, right, of, of Airbnb's origin is uh, in 2007, uh, the founders of Airbnb, uh, Brian Chesky and Joe Jebbia, which, interesting names, uh, they rented out, right? They were running low on rent, so they rented out their air mattresses in the living room of their apartment in San Francisco because, like, there was a conference in town. All the hotel rooms were booked, so they're like, hey, we need, we need some money. Like, why don't we rent out air mattresses? Hence, Airbnb, air, bread and, be- bed and breakfast. And in the beginning years, right, this was kind of like the template of Airbnb, right? Hosts, they would either like live in the same house or like they'd be really close so that, hey, if your guest has any, any trouble, any questions, or they just need like someone to talk to even, right? Like the host is right there. But in the past several years, if you've rented an Airbnb, um, you've probably never seen your host, right? The only interaction you've had with them was probably through the app. It's like, hey, uh, the code doesn't work. It's like, oh, here's a new code, right? That's kind of like the extent of your interaction with Airbnb hosts. The human component of being a host for Airbnb is pretty much gone. There's nothing there. All you need to do is just provide the, the lockbox code or just co- coordinate with the cleaners, or just reply to any text from your guests. Now, when you think about that, would you think, man, I feel really welcomed by my host, right? Oh my goodness, like they're, they're just doing a, such a great job. Probably not, right? You would not feel welcomed by this host. And I think the temptation right now is like, hey, okay, we want to be a welcoming church, so give me a list of things to do, right? Give me all these things that I can practically apply. Um, we could do that, but I think to do that would be to mistake uh, welcoming for acceptance, right? To give this list of like Airbnb responsibilities for our church, that would be a program. But acceptance, it requires people, right? Face-to-face human interaction. And I think Pastor Tom mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but you can do all the right things. You can come to uh, church on Sunday. You can join a community group. You can even serve and get involved and still feel like you don't quite belong, right? And that's because those things are all programs, which are good, right? I think those are good avenues to get the ball rolling that the church provides. But what acceptance requires is not programs, but our community. It requires our people to really get involved. Instead of being these modern-day Airbnb hosts where we have a quote-unquote welcoming checklist for our church, our practice of welcoming, it should be marked by three different postures, And the first posture that I think we should have is that we can't assume. Uh, What do I mean by that? What do I mean when I say we can't assume? Uh, For those of you that have been members of Grace Hill or call Grace Hill your church for a while, it can be easy to just kind of assume, hey, like everything about our church is pretty clear, right? I know like, I know what time service starts. I know where to park. I know what community groups are. Like I know what we're going to have for lunch. Like we, we can kind of assume everything's clear. And what I think is happening is we, we've just become maybe unaware or just forgotten, right, what it was like to be a newcomer ourselves. So we're kind of like, oh, yeah, right, I'm comfortable here, so there's no need, right? Everything's cool. One way this kind of shows up in my life, it's a silly illustration, but one way this assumption shows up in my life is when I have guests over at my place. Esther and I, we really wanted to grow and like we want to be hospitable and like leverage our home to be a place. And, you know, a question I get almost every time I have someone over for dinner is, hey, like Daniel, Shim, like, can I use your bathroom? And then, of course, you know, I'm a good host. So I say, yeah, of course, like, go use it. And then there's always this like awkward silence, it's like, 
oh, like you don't know where my bathroom is, right? For me, it was just like, I know where my bathroom is. I live here, right? It's, and it's just a two-bedroom condo, so like it's pretty obvious where the bathroom is. But I realized, man, like because I'm not such a good host, because I need to grow in my welcoming, I need to go out of my way, right? I can't assume my guests know where everything is. I have to almost like overly communicate and welcome them. We have to remember that Paul... He's not just writing to one person. This is not just like a personal letter he's writing. But he's writing this letter to the whole church in Rome, right, to welcome one another. He's saying, hey, all of you, right, not just the extroverts or not just the welcoming ministry, but all of you, church, welcome one another, right? We can't for a second think, hey, like someone else is going to do it. Someone else is going to be welcoming, for example, one way that we can assume is during the, time, the greeting time before the sermon. Uh, I know it's easy, even personally for me, I'm, I have to confess, it's easy for me to like look around like, hey, who do I know? <laughs> Who's familiar? And just assume, hey, like if there's a newcomer around me, someone else is going to greet them. Someone else is going to say hi and get to know them. Or we might even assume, oh, like they, I don't know who this person is, but they look pretty comfortable, so uh, I don't think they need to be welcomed. Same can be said of our post-service fellowship. Right? I know, and this is a place, whether you're a newcomer or not, when we walk out of the stores after uh, the benediction, it's like crazy, right? It can be daunting, just like, oh my goodness, like so many people everywhere, kids running around, ah, oh, like what's happening here? But can I encourage everyone here just to take 10 minutes, right? There's this thing called the 10-minute rule, uh, where each Sunday, just take 10 minutes to just find someone you don't know, just talk with them. Grab a coffee or a lemonade or whatever drink we're serving, right? Just don't assume that, hey, someone else is going to do it. Don't assume that, hey, this newcomer is going to come up to me. But do this, uh, take the initiative to go out of your way, right? To engage with someone you don't know, someone that's unfamiliar. And when we all do this, we just create this sense that the burden of welcoming is not just on you, right? That's a huge burden, right? I have to make sure every newcomer feels welcome, like, whoa, No, but when we do this all together, we understand, man, uh, the second posture, which is the practice of welcoming one another is not a a solo thing, but it's a communal effort, right? Rarely have, I I don't think I've met anyone that said, hey, I met one person, I had one good uh, conversation with them, and I feel really welcome. It it, it doesn't happen like that. Instead, it's four or five or even more different people, different interactions that takes uh, before someone starts to feel, okay, like I'm beginning to feel a little bit like I'm accepted or welcomed here. You know, I had a conversation with someone relatively new uh, to our church. Uh, I asked him, man, like it's been nice just kind of seeing you getting plugged in. Um, How has that transition been? How has it been for you getting plugged into our church? And he said, like, to our church's credit, or maybe to God's credit, um, he felt like he was invited to the community. Right? After a couple of weeks, it took a little bit, right? He was feeling out the Sunday services, feeling out the people. But there was a moment he felt like he was almost given permission. Hey, like, come in. Like, join our community. He felt very accepted. And perhaps it's because our individualistic society, we, we almost feel like, hey, like, if you're a newcomer, if I'm new here, I almost feel like I'm intruding upon this, like, family, right? I can't, I can't, like, think I can jump in here, no matter how much you want to feel like you belong or are accepted, right? In our context, we almost need to be invited in. 
So this brother, it wasn't just because like I had this one conversation with him, but it was because someone else at our church actually invited him. Hey, like we play pickleball, like we we're caught up in that craze too. Like come join us after service, right? And then him going to pickleball, making that decision, and then that that brother like really just like introducing him to everyone else there. And then as they played, just like having small talk, like an older brother went up to him and said, asked him like, hey, do you want to grab a meal next week? Right? And then after having a deeper conversation, right, after having that meal and after just kind of getting uh, that sense of belonging, it was like, man, like, I think, I think I belong, right? I think I feel pretty accepted here. Right? It wasn't just me or it wasn't just that person who invited him to pickleball or that person that, but it was a combination. It was a communal effort of different members, the people of our church that made him feel welcome and accepted. So church, I want to ask us, are we inviting others in, right? Are we having this communal approach where our, our instinct is not to just go to the people we're familiar with, Is our urge actually just to, hey, I want to connect this person, right? I don't know him or her that well, but I want to connect him to our community, right? It might not seem like much, but when we make this effort to connect newcomers uh, to the rest of the community, we're taking steps toward accepting them together instead of as individuals. And one practical way for us to do is we had those announcements about community groups through community groups, right? Taking the steps. I know this upcoming year, there's been a lot of like shifts and also new groups forming. In those groups, get to know one another, right? Go past the surface level conversations of like, hey, how's your week? I'm doing great. Cool. Like, let's fellowship now. Instead of that, can we be intentional and really get to know one another, right? Connect them to first the community group and then to the rest of the church, right? Give the rest of the church uh, an opportunity to get involved in welcoming and accepting them. And as I talk about this brother, right, um, he actually got plugged in fairly quickly. But I know in many cases, maybe most cases, that's not the reality. And that's the third posture of practicing fellowship or practicing welcoming attitudes is it's understanding that it's going to take time, right? To feel welcome, to feel truly accepted, it's going to take time. If what Paul is telling us is that welcoming is not just a head nod or like a little wave, if what Paul's telling us is true acceptance, then the target of our welcoming actually is not just for newcomers at our church, right? I want to address this for anyone that's also been here for several years or for a while. It's, it's not just that we're supposed to welcome people that we don't know or people that are new, but it's to welcome everyone in the church, member or not, newcomer or not, Right? I think it's easy for us to think, man, like, there's this arbitrary, like, time period where, like, oh, I've been at church here for, like, five years. So, yeah, now I feel accepted, right? It would be nice if that was true, right? All we'd have to do is just wait. Um, but I know just talking to people, right, man, I've, I've been coming out for a while now, actually, and, like, I still don't know if I feel truly, like, welcome, right? We shouldn't just focus on welcoming new faces, We should do that, but on every face, right? Whoever you might be, however long your tenure here has been, even the ones, or maybe especially the ones that are different from us, the ones we don't naturally vibe with, right? The ones we would like, if we weren't at the church, we would never consider like hanging out or fellowshipping with them. You know, my own experience with entering this church community reflects this. Um, I actually like look back at my calendar and it's been almost six years to the T that I've come, I first came to the church. I just graduated college. 
Um, and I was coming in as an outside hire, right? There's this finance and admin position uh, that our church needed. And, you know, I was looking to explore pastoral ministry. So I was like, okay, like this might be a good opportunity. But I remember that first Sunday I joined on a Sunday uh, service, that change was just like so jarring because I actually went to church like right down the street from here. And my church context was this smaller English ministry at a Korean church that was about like 40 people. If it was a good day, like we would have 45 people. So it's like, man, like this was a much smaller church and our church was six years ago. Right? I, I was stepped in and it's like 250, 300 people and I'm just like so overwhelmed because I'm like, dude, this is like so not what I'm used to. Right? This is kind of intimidating, even though I came in as a staff hire. And I know some of you here are also coming from similar contexts, right? Different sizes, different cultures. But outside of the pastoral staff that I just, you know, got to meet briefly and a few of the people on the finance team that I got to, like, again, just, like, get interviewed by and, like, meet, like, I didn't really know anyone at that church, right? I knew maybe, like, five or six people out of 300. So it was, like, very overwhelming. Yet what helped me over time was two brothers just inviting me to grab a meal. Like, hey, welcome, Daniel. Like, do you want to grab dinner with us this week? I was like, oh, Yeah. Right? It wasn't me going up to them. It was them making the move towards me, inviting me in to their community. And eventually I got to serve in college ministry alongside them. Right? I got to meet other uh, college uh, staff volunteers. And you know, I built these relationships. Um, but even after a year or two of doing that, I still didn't know if I felt like I really belonged. I I still had to learn like the ins and outs of our culture, make myself more vulnerable to others. And if you know me, like I hate getting vulnerable. That's very unnatural to me. But I got to know more people. I made some deeper relationships, but I still felt like, hey, I'm only accepted by this particular segment of our church. I don't know if I feel accepted or welcomed by everyone here. And I, you know, six years later, I would love to say, and now I feel so accepted, right? I am so, I wish I could say that. But if I'm being transparent, there are still some moments where I don't feel completely accepted, right? And it's like, dude, you're on staff. Like, you've been here for six years. Like, what? that doesn't make sense. But you might be listening and maybe able to relate with me, right? You might feel similarly. Man, I've been here for a while, and I don't know if I have that sense. But... Those moments uh, when I do feel accepted, those moments that are actually like so encouraging to me, those moments uh, when I feel accepted is, for example, it's, it's when a brother that I've kind of, you know, kind of known over the years, I say hi and have small conversations with him here and there, but it's when that brother just invited me, hey, like, Shim, do you want to grab a, a meal with me? And then like, say, sure, let's do it, right? And then he starts opening up and, and sharing with me like stuff going on in his life. And I'm like, dude, like, it's pretty tough what you're going through, right? And like, I wasn't expecting that, but it's, it's those moments when we have those unexpected conversations or when over time you build a little bit of relational capital and then some way, somehow God convicts you or the other person to have that sort of feeling of acceptance and belonging as you do life with one another, right? If you're a newcomer, um, again, welcome. We want to accept you, but I hope that you can give our church some time right? I hope that you don't just judge based off one Sunday, man, like this church is like not as welcoming or whatever else. 
I hope that you, you can uh, understand, like, it's not just going to be one moment or one person, but I think it's going to just take time to get to know our community before you start to have this sense, this feeling of, man, I feel like I belong here. And this goes for our members as well, right? If you feel like, man, I've been trying my best, I've been putting myself out there, and it's still, like, so hard to have this sense of acceptance here, um, I want to share about my community group experience. The first community group that I was part of, um, I was in it for four years, mostly the same people. Um, the first two years, those two years weren't the, the, the time when we, like, really got deep. Honestly, a lot of weeks, it was just like, let's have fun. Let's get to know each other. Let's kind of just like, you know, fellowship and, you know, kind of be on the surface level. But years three and four, man, like, I don't know what it was, but our community group, like so many people went through like deep things, like such difficult struggles. And we were able to just meet every week and hear about it and encourage and pray for, right? It takes time. It takes time for us. So as we resume our community groups starting this upcoming week, can we accept one another? Particularly, maybe especially for the newly formed groups or the groups that, you know, there's been a lot of personnel change. Uh, Can we be intentional, right? We'll know that, hey, week one, we're not going to be able to share about, you know, like the crisis, the midlife crisis I'm having. Or maybe you can. I don't know, right? But let's be aware, hey, we're going to need to take some time to get to know one another, to kind of dig deeper through the surface over the weeks, so let's be intentional with one another. Let's make it a point to be present and show up, to engage each other. Can we also be in, get intentional on Sundays, right? Not just in the midweek, but on Sundays, right? We might not think the, the time of greeting does anything or the 10 minutes after service, like what's that really going to do? But if we do it consistently over time, we're going to start to create this culture, this environment for true welcoming to happen. And building this community, right, building this culture of welcoming at our church, uh, it's going to require not just time, but a lot of effort, a lot of, you know, again, awkward conversations, a lot of maybe um, rejection, a lot of these things. It's going to require everyone not just to assume, hey, someone else is going to do it, but for us to all take initiative. It's going to take us as a community really welcoming people in. And like I just mentioned, again, it's going to take a lot of time. So as I invite the praise team up to conclude, I want to affirm and encourage our church. You know, again, as the Sunday operations director, I have a pretty, I have a pretty unique vantage point of all the fellowship that happens, right? As we're like setting up the canopies in the morning, I kind of see, hey, people that are here early, people serving on education, like rubbing shoulders, moms and like college freshmen being able to just like, oh, get to know one another. I can see like, I use canopies like very like frequently, but tearing down the canopies after service, it's like, dude, seeing like this new, um, new couple here, just like having conversations with some of our more established members, it's like that really is encouraging to me, right? Because it shows me our church is growing in our culture of welcoming, right? And it's even more encouraging, not just that, oh, we have a lot of new faces coming, but really that these faces can stick around and eventually become part of this community. So practically, um, Today, just welcome each other right after service. Grab coffee with someone you don't know. It's a very easy way just to kind of get the ball rolling. Or next week, uh, when we have our Lord's Supper lunch or welcoming lunch, sit with someone new, right? Someone that you might not be familiar with, right? Just have a conversation there. Or in the next several weeks, uh, we're going to be probably having a lot of uh, new faces over here, our collegians visiting our church. 
I know they can be scary, right? I know it can be intimidating for us, but approach them, right? Approach them and have these conversations with them. And I hope that in the season where we're being joined by new faces each week, that we can really take the steps to accept and welcome people into our community, new or old, in a much deeper way than just a good morning, a, a nod, or a smile. And I hope that we can understand that to welcome one another, it really means to accept one another by remembering first that Christ has accepted us. So I want to give us just a couple moments to reflect on the sermon, uh, just to think about, hey, what area of my life, what area at our church uh, can I grow in? What is just that one thing I can do to kind of grow in my desire to welcome, to accept um, people at our church? So let's take the next couple moments to do that, and I'll close us in a word of prayer.